to go to uh, Romans chapter 5. Or your cell phones or your iPads. Amen. We're talking about messy. Amen. When purpose, amen, when purpose hides in the chaos, amen. I want to look at um, Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. And uh, if you stand for the reading of God's word, um, we stand for the reading of God's word because it's out of respect for God's word. Amen. The closest thing we'll ever get to God Two things, the word and his preacher. Isn't that something? Amen. God uses the man of God to bring the word to you. That's close. Romans chapter 1, and we know what the therefore is therefore. We'll talk about the therefore in a minute. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character. And proven character, tell your neighbor, I got to have some hope here. Amen. And hope does not disappoint. Why, Pastor? Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, last week, pastor said boundaries. This week, blessed in the mess. Amen. I want to talk about blessed in the mess. Amen. When purpose hides in the chaos. I began this series with the intentions of preparing you to understand that man was born in sin. It was a mess from the moment we were born. And I have a, I have a, I I was going there, born in the mess. Um, And a lot of times we're trying to figure out why our lives are so messy. Amen. Um, You try to fill your life with all types of uh, substitutes, uh, all types of other things to Make yourself happy. I don't know about you, but I've tried just about everything. Amen. Do I have some try about everything for people in the house? Am I talking to myself? Amen. We didn't, we didn't try some stuff, right? 
Amen. A lot, lot of us didn't even know how we got in the mess. But I'm here to tell you, you were born in the mess. Amen. And, and, and I will say this to you. Sometimes it's hard to recognize all of our blessings in the midst of our mess. It's very difficult sometimes because of distortion. What the enemy does is he distorts our vision. He distorts our worldview. Where he wants us to focus more on the external rather than the internal. So many believe that they would never get out of their mess. That they made up in their minds that they will live in the mess for the rest of their lives. Maybe you can't find anything good right now in your mess. He said, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but I have yet to find any good in what I'm going through. Come on, somebody. We sometimes equate our blessings only with material things. Uh, you know, if I get more money, then I must be doing something right. If I get a promotion, I must be doing something right. If, you know, if I have all these creature comforts, then maybe life will be a little bit better. But if you pay attention to the news, and if you pay attention to what's been happening since this new administration have been come, come into power and all of the powerful men who had it all from Bernie Madoff to Jeffrey Epstein to all these powerhouses and how they've been brought down because they were in a mess. They tried to medicate the mess. Come on, somebody. Only to come out with misery. I'm talking to somebody here today, you're in a mess. I'm talking to somebody here today, you think you're out the mess because you had a good day yesterday. But Monday is coming. Houston traffic is going to get you. Come on, somebody. Somebody at the job is going to say something to you. And some of us, we just got to go home. And there's the mess. Because you can't get along. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You can't even get along with yourself. You, you're very unhappy with you. Amen. So therefore, you medicate your mess only to find out, amen, that the mess never left you. I, I, I was looking at this. And I said to myself, I said, man, how in the world can I preach blessed in the mess? And I realized that in spite of what I have if I don't recognize the other side of my blessing, the other aspect of my blessing, the spiritual blessings that we have, then I will not appreciate the material blessings that I do possess. Do I have anybody? I, I want to tell you, Paul writes this, this, this book. Paul, who was an unbeliever, converted on the road to Damascus. Uh, God changed his life. 
gave him new lenses, transformed his heart. And now Paul writes to us, amen, he writes to us to remind us of our spiritual blessings. This morning, we're going to look at those spiritual blessings. This morning, you may say, I don't have nothing going for me right now. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to throw in the towel. Life has just been real tough on me. But I want to tell you something. You have more than you can really imagine if you know Jesus. Now, I understand. I understand and I realize that having a relationship with Jesus, amen, is one of the most important things you'll ever do with your life. Amen. But I believe that sometimes we need a reminder. Amen. So that we can refocus, so that we can recognize that we're really blessed. Amen. In chapter 4, Paul talks about justification. Amen. By faith, which is evident in the Old Testament. In chapter 4, he talks about the fact that Abraham or Abram When God called him, he didn't say, well, where I'm going, how I'm going to get there. Amen. When God called Abraham, Abraham said, I'm here. I am Lord. I'm out. I'm out. I'm gone. He said, leave your family, leave your friends. Amen. Leave all those familiar, amen, familiar areas. And what I want you to do is I want you to follow me. And I want to ask the question this morning. Amen. If you really are going to be blessed, are you willing to walk by faith? Because in order for you to be blessed in your mess, it's going to require not a lot of faith, but just a little bit of faith. Amen. And, and, and here's the thing. You have to believe number one, that God is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seeks him. Now, if you believe that there is a God, do you believe that he is? Amen. And if you're going to please God, there's only one thing that God requires from all of us, and that is faith. Paul lays it out in, 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 in the chapter, in chapter four, and, and his example was Abraham. He said, he said, why did man need justification anyways? Because we were born in sin. Now, I'll explain what justification is here in a minute, but, but it is, it is a term, it is a legal term, amen? And man needed to be justified and declared righteous because when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, it placed us under that same punishment, amen? We also were born in sin. Now, saints, I, I want to share something with you. Even on your best day, Come on, somebody. I'm going to say it one more. Let me see if I can catch this side. Even on our best day, I'm going to say, even on our best day as an unbeliever, it was our worst day. Because we were born in sin. You ever notice you didn't have to be taught how to lie. You just lied. You, you hadn't been here. Listen, listen, listen. You didn't have to be taught how to steal. You just stole stuff. He said, I ain't never took nothing. Okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. All right, now you just lied about stealing. See, see what I'm saying? 
Amen. I never looked on a woman or a man and lusted at not y'all, not not y'all safe folk. Amen. I'm talking about before Christ. You, you ever notice how we gravitate towards sin? And so that's the reason that we needed justification. See, we needed God to help us to get out of the mess. Tell your neighbor, the mess. And that mess has messed up a lot of us. Amen. Sin has messed us up. We, we then became drug addicts. Sex addicts. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong church here. Uh, uh, what else? What else? What, dope addicts? Um, what else? What, all kinds of addicts. And then we need to be anonymous about our addiction. But you can try to be anonymous all you want. God knows you. If it's so anonymous, why is it when you go to the meeting? Hi, I'm Derek. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm just asking the question, right? If it's so anonymous, how is it I have to say my name if it's anonymous? And then I got to list what I am. Just imagine this. If you wake up every morning, you look yourself in the mirror and you say, hi, I'm Katie. I'm an alcoholic. Every single day of your life. Do you think you'll ever be free? But what if you woke up every morning and say, hi, I'm Derek. Amen. And I'm a child of God. I've been delivered. I've been set free. I am more than a conqueror. In Christ Jesus. Amen. God's been good to me. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. And listen, today I'm going to win this battle. See, a lot of us, let me, can, I, can I tell you, just stay with me. I, I know I only got like seven minutes of attention span. I already know this. But watch this. Watch this, okay? I'm going to get to the points. I'm going home. Watch this. Watch this, okay? But just for a moment, just for seven minutes, okay? Listen to me real good. Can you, can you just look at your life right now and say, man, how blessed am I? I'm talking about spiritually. I'm not talking about what you have. I'm talking about spirit. Look, you could stand in the presence of God and worship him. You can hear the word of God and understand him. Come on, somebody. You can pray to God and see things happen. Anybody here got any prayers in the house? That when you pray, something happens. That you see those foundations move. You see your life changing. Watch this. That's a blessing. But but God, what Paul was trying to do in chapter 4, he's trying to say, listen, y'all, we were born in this mess. And God promised Abraham, if you follow me, I'll take care of you. And some of us were a little skeptical about following God because we're like, we don't know. But we need faith in order to know. Because apart from faith, you cannot know God, nor understand him. Go to verse 20 of chapter 4. He says, yet with respect to the promises of God, promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief. This is Abraham, but grew strong in what? Faith giving what? Glory to God. Verse 21 says, and being fully of what? Assured that what God, come on y'all. Can I tell you something? Every promise of God. I'm in my mess right now, but I'm standing on a promise this morning. I'm, 
I'm standing on this promise that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. And can I tell you something? You say, where do I find God's promises, pastor? I know what you're saying. Promises open the book. The promises of God are in this book. And what you and I have to learn to do every now, every day, but every now and then is to stand on a promise. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What am I worried about? Even though I walk through the valley, come on somebody, I'm not by myself because God is what? With me. So what, what God is saying and what Paul is trying to help his audience to see is that you and I have to learn that even in our mess, we have to learn how to believe God's word and his promises. I believe that if we start with his promises, then we can start praising him because, watch this, because we already know that God is faithful. How many know God is faithful? When we are faithless, God is still faithful. And what is he faithful to do? He's faithful never to leave you, nor forsake you. He will show up right on time. And then we find that, 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 that in verse 22 of chapter 4, watch this now, from verse 22 to verse 25... Verse 22 says, therefore, there's a therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. In other words, Abram did not receive his righteousness from being good. I'm going to help you to get out your mess. Watch this. You can't act right and think you're good. Now you could act, anybody ever act right for a week? I'm talking about on your own. You ever tried that? I used to try that all the time and fail by the end of the week, by Friday. Because you know what Friday was. Friday was getting ready for the weekend. And I would try, when I was a little kid in school, I used to try to be good. I would only get to Wednesday. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Then my mama had to go upside my head. You know what I'm saying? I would try to be good. But for Abraham, with God, it wasn't... Be- See, a lot of people equate God with, let me just act right. You can't act right on your own. So what you need is you need faith in Jesus Christ so that you can be forgiven of your sins so that way you can now live righteously. Now let me tell you what the word righteous means. Watch this. Here's my definition of righteousness. Right living. See, if you want to live right, the question is... Whose right are you using? Is it your right? Is it the world's right? Whose right is it? Because if you're not living according to God's word, then you're really not living right. Come on, somebody. You're living according to your own rules. You're making up your own stuff as you go along. Well, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Amen. So, yeah, it feels right, so it's right. But God may say it's not right. Because I know a lot of things that feel good. We got kids in it? Yeah, we do. Amen. We, listen, I know a lot of things that feel good. But tell your neighbor, it just ain't right. Just ain't right. And so that's that. So here we go. 
Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So we go to verse 1 of chapter 5. He says, so let me give you my points right quick. He says, therefore, having been justified, see that? By faith. Now, now watch this. This word means to be declared righteous. Justified. You've been justified. Watch this. The word in the Greek has the idea to be acquitted. Now, I don't know if we got any peoples here. Because y'all saved now. How many of you on probation? Amen. How many of y'all ever been locked up? Amen. Do you know what it means to be acquitted? Uh, come here, OJ. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, to be acquitted means that you may have been wrong. <laughs> come on, somebody. You may not have been wrong, but for some reason. Man, I'm trying to help somebody here today. Watch this. You were born a sinner. We. Right? Watch this. We don't deserve nothing. But Jesus went to the cross to acquit me. I know. I, listen, I'm going to own it. I was wrong as two left shoes. I was so wrong. I love sinning. I ain't going to lie to you. A to the man. To the men, men, men. Okay, and some of you love. Come on, quit acting like that, y'all. You love sinning. But yet God acquitted you. God said, you're free. You thought it was a pass. So guess what you did? You went back in it again. And guess what he did? He acquitted you again. You thought it was another pass, so guess what you did? You went back again, and guess what he did? He acquitted you again. All because you had faith in his son. Lord have mercy. I don't know what kind of deal that is, but tell your neighbor, that's a good deal. That's a good deal that I know, watch this, that I'm wrong, but God writes my wrong because all I have to do is have faith in him. Watch this. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, watch this. We have to understand the judicial side of our mess. I just showed it to you. The judicial side of our, our mess in order for us to understand, watch this, the blessing side of our mess. Watch this. See, because the more you know of how much God has done for you, Hey, the more you can appreciate what he's doing in your life now. So the first thing is this. Not only the first thing is this. We have been freed from the mess by God. That's the first thing. So in order for me to understand how blessed I am, I've been freed. What have I been freed from? I've been freed from sin. Amen. Listen, listen, listen. To appreciate the freedom side, amen, you have to understand that when we were born, we were born on death row. In total depravity. The Bible says man is dead in his trespasses and sins. And so therefore, because I was born on death row, 
I had, there was no hope. You know, you know what they do when you go on death row? They put DR on your back. Anybody with me? I got a few uh, correctional officers in here. Amen. They put you in isolation. You're by yourself. Amen. And you're not given anything that will harm yourself. See, that's where Satan wanted you. But God, in spite of your mess, he died for you. And now he justifies you. And he has freed you from your mess. So you better shout this morning and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm glad I'm free. See, but you got to understand that I'm not shouting about what I have. I'm shouting about who I am now. And I've been freed. I've been delivered. I've been set free from the bondage of sin. So Paul asked the question a couple chapters later, if I've been freed from sin, why am I putting myself back in sin? Listen. I'm blessed in my mess because I've been freed. Listen to what he says next. Sin has gotten us this far, but God freed us. And that's a blessing. That's a true blessing. Look what he says next. He says, therefore being justified by what? I'm sorry. Being justified by what? Faith. Watch what he says now. He says, we have peace. Now let me say this. Man, listen, I remember being at war with God. Oh, somebody don't hear me. I'm serious, man. I doubt it. Matter of fact, I was looking, I was looking for everything in everything else other than in the right thing. Right? But I tried to find God in other places. Not trying to find him, you know, where I needed him. But I was trying to find him in other things. You see, he says, but, but, but I couldn't understand why was I searching for God, right? And, and then I understand as a saved person, I understand now that God had placed it in me, in all of you. Romans 1. In chapter 1, he says that inside of you, there's what's called a God conscience. Inside of all of us, God has placed inside of you because he knew you were born in a mess and you would not have chosen him. So he placed it inside of you to seek him. But then here comes false religion. Here come all these other ideologies and all this other stuff. And then it brings you into the wrong relationship. But watch this. He says, now I have peace with God. Watch this, not a subjective peace or an internal sense of calmness and serenity. No, it is an objective reality. In other words, you and I were at war with God, but now we're at peace with him. So the next thing is we've been freed, but we are at peace with God. And that's a blessing. That's a true blessing this morning. That I'm no longer at odds with the creator of the universe. The war with God has ended and we are now at peace with God. And the blessing is that not only am I at peace with God, but now I possess the peace of God. And so in the midst of whatever I'm going through in my life right now, I'm not going to fall apart because I know who I'm at peace with. 
You know, President Trump's been trying to make peace, amen, with all these different dictators. Come on, somebody. But it seems like he has to give more than what they want to give. But the beauty of our relationship with God and the blessing, I should say, this morning is that I'm no longer at odds with my creator. That I've come to a place where I'm at peace with him. I've made peace with God. And so through Jesus Christ, I can now enjoy the blessings of the relationship. See, a lot of us are trying to be at peace with him without going through the right protocols. Lord have mercy. And not only that, but watch this. If you're not at peace with God, then you're in a dangerous place. And it's a blessing to be at peace with him. Look what he goes on to say in verse 2. He says, through whom also mm -hmm, we have obtained our what? Introduction. Introduction. I'm going to show you what that means. By faith into what? Gra into this grace which we stand. And we exult in what? Hope of the glory of God. So not only have I been freed from the mess by God. Not only we are at peace with God through Jesus Christ. But here's the next point. That word introduction means access in the Greek. And so if I have access to God, Lord have mercy. My life is falling apart. I can't, I don't, I never will. I don't know how. What am I going to do? And I watch people go through these scenarios. Not realizing that the same access I have. Is the same access you have. Tell your neighbor access granted. And all you have to do. Is say father. I wish I had somebody. All you have to do is say God. I understand. That you are my father. And I have access. To you. But here's the thing. You can't have access. Without a relationship. A lot of us are trying to get access without a relationship or oh, a lot of us know we're saved but guess what we only access the relationship when we're in trouble but i'm talking to somebody here today your mess will make you have to dial them up your your mess will make you have to go before his presence and fall on your knees and fall on your face and say god I want my access back. Ha have you ever had access taken from you? Anybody know how that feel? You ever tried to log on to your bank account? I I'm going to help somebody with something. Watch this. And, and, and you done tried five times and now they lock you out? See, before you had free access. Now you need to get on the phone and call a real live voice so that they can reset your password somebody here this morning you better pick up that phone it's time to call them again because you need a new passcode because you need some new access 
Because believe it or not, hey, 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 believe it or not, it's been a long time since you've accessed, amen, your relationship with him. Listen, I should be shouting. I have access to God. That's a, listen, when your world is crumbling down, you got to think, man, I got access. Forget what you're saying. Circumstance, forget what you're saying. Trouble, forget what you're saying. Storm, forget what you're saying. Because I have access to the one who can fix my problems. Who can change my life. Come on, somebody. See, we get into circumstances and we forget what we have spiritually. World is crumbling down. Life is falling apart. But we have what? Access to God. Look what he says next. Look, look what he said. Your relationship with Jesus is everything. It is, it is how you obtain access is through Jesus. So we have access. Look at verse three. He says, and not only this. So see, tell your neighbor it gets better. Tell your neighbor it gets better. Not bitter. It gets better. It gets what? Better. Watch this. Watch verse three. He says, and not only this, that's the, the better, but also we what? Now, that word exalt, let me explain to you. The word means to brag or boast. Right? He says, we boast in our what? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, pastor. I can't. I'm in a crisis. I'm in a situation right now. And you're telling me to boast and brag? Did you forget your access? Did, 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 you, did, you, did, you, did you forget that you're at peace? Did, did you forget that you've been freed? Did, did you forget that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature? Old things have passed away. New things have come. Do you, do you realize that you've been crucified with Christ? It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And the life that you live now, you live by faith in the Son of Man who loved you and gave himself up for you. I got access. But watch this. He says, we boast in our tribulations. Check the next word, knowing. Now, let me help you with the word knowing. There's two types of knowing in the Bible. Knowing is where you get gnosis, noose. That's knowledge. A lot of us got head knowledge about God. But we need epinosis. That's experiential knowledge. In other words, it's taking your knowledge and putting it to work. It's taking your knowledge and putting it to work. It's taking you what you know and, and exercising. Taking what you know and, and, and watch this, leaping over those mountains. It's taking what you know from the page to performance. He says we, and so watch this, the reason why, I, I said, how in the world did he go from talking about hope to tribulation? Why would he even bring tribulation in the picture? He brought tribulation in the picture because he wants you to recognize something. That tribulation can't touch you. That tribulation shouldn't change you, but tribulation should transform you. How, what do you mean? See, God says, if I make everything easy in your life, guess what? It's easy to praise me then. But it's when you're going through some mess. It's when you're going through tribulation. 
that's when I have your attention and I can transform you into the person that I want you to be. Because had it not been for what you went through, you wouldn't be closer to me and your attitude. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on and walk with me now. Don't fool me now. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, knowing that tribulation brings about what? You know what? So watch this. You've been trying to fix your situation. God says, I'm not fixing it. I'm not fixing it till you realize you got to get some patience and wait on me. When you have patience in your tribulation and you start praising in your tribulation, then I'm going to show up. But in the meantime, you keep whining. You keep complaining. You keep talking about woe is me and all of this other stuff. And God says, guess what? Perseverance, watch this, tribulation brings about. You can't do nothing but wait. Watch this. You done called everybody you can. All resources are tapped. It's Sunday and guess what? Ain't nobody coming to office till Monday. So you might as well come to church and praise him anyhow. Put that on the DVD. Oh, I'm so distraught. Stuff is a mess. Whoa, whoa. He says, tribulation brings patience. It's Sunday. Everywhere is closed. Look at verse 4. And perseverance, patience, that's what that word means. What? Ah. Ah. You mean to tell me God know how stinky you are? Yes, he does. So that mess you in right now? I know you're cute today, boo. But boy, when you leave here and open your mouth, it's stinky. And so that's why he got you waiting. Because he's trying to change your character. And what he really wants you to do is to develop hope in him. So watch this. He says, and what? perseverance, proven character and proven character what? See, you're never going to trip because you understand I'm blessed. God, you're changing my character. You're taking my anxiousness. You're taking all my worries. You're taking all my pain. And now I'm waiting. I'm waiting because I have hope in someone who I'm at peace with now. Someone who can do something. Can I ask you something? Who can do something about your mess right now? Nobody but God. So you might as well wait. Give me the next point. And that's how you, that's how you profit, profit from your what? Profit from your what? The believer profits from pain. It's crazy God's, God kept this for us. We profit from our pain. We profit from our problems because we're saying, okay, from now on, okay, God, all right, I get it. You're trying to change me. 
I'm tired of being impatient. Amen. I want things to go my way. Right? And you ever notice the first thing we cut off when we're going through tribulation is what? No, church. <laughs> I ain't going there. Like, like really? Like, seriously? Like, uh, you, you, I mean, I'm just saying, who you hurting? I, I'm just, just asking. Seriously, like, seriously, like, oh, I'm not going today. Like, like, who are you trying to get back to or get back at? If you would be patient, God's going to change. But you can't have change without a relationship. Tell your neighbor it gets better. <laughs> Watch this. Can I, can, I tell you, can I tell you what proven character means? When he said proven character? This is going to mess you up in the Greek. Proven character means you're proven worth. So you're worth more when you persevere. You're taking your stock up. You're becoming more valuable to God and his kingdom because you now become an example of what it looks like to go through some mess, to go through cancer, to go through diabetes, to go through this, to go through that, and watch you come out on top. So as you go through something, your worth, your worth ain't going up just because you get a better job. That's not where you find your worth. See, I believe we've been bragging and boasting about the wrong things. But spiritually. Oh, Lord. Look what he said next, verse 5. I got two points for verse 5. Look at verse 5. He says, and hope does not what? I want to help all the bitter people today. All y'all bitter folk. You know, the word hope there, hope is really God. He says, hope, God doesn't disappoint. Hope doesn't disappoint because the what? Has been what? Can I ask you something? Why are you so bitter? If the love of God has been poured out inside of you, Oh, you're not profiting from your problems. Your problems is turning you into a bitter person. We profit from our problems. He says, because the love of God has been poured out in our what? In our what? Watch this. We must realize that this blessing, God's love is in our hearts now. That's why it's easy to love your enemy. It's easy to pray for your enemy. It's easy to feel compassion because God's love has been poured out in you. You now, you don't love the way you used to love. Well, some of us, you know, we we do counseling during the week, so we help you. How many believe the word? Now watch this. He says the love of God has been done, done what? Where? Check your heart this morning. Do you really have the love of God in your heart? I'm talking about God's love. Can you love like God? If I hurt you, no, it ain't hard. It ain't hard if I have his love. 
We make it hard. Watch this. If his love is poured out in me, then I can do exactly what he gives me. I can give, give to others what he gives me. Right? Give, give, give me the next point right quick. We have the love of God in our hearts. Right? God has placed his love in our hearts. I know that the hope that I have will not disappoint because God's love, because of God's love, and I know he'll take care of us. But watch this. He says, the love of God has been poured out in your heart, not just by Ufuf, but through who? The who? Who was what? So he pours out, God pours his love out in us. Even in our mess. Watch this. But why are we still bitter? If you have the love of God in your heart, you can't be selective on who he love, on who you love. Watch this. What if he was selective towards you? That even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. But watch this. He pours out in our hearts his love because the next point is not only do we have God's love, this is blessings, y'all. We have the spirit of God living in us. Now watch this. If you have the spirit of God living in you, you have joy. I'm sorry, you have love. You have joy. You have peace. You have patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You have these things in you. But see, saints, God is saying something to us as I close. If you don't recognize your blessings. What was the last time you had a conversation with the Holy Spirit? Now listen, can I share something with you? You and I can have a form of righteousness that we make up at home. And it's not according to the mandate of what's in the Bible. You, you, you're not pastored by me. You're pastored by your own mind. Amen. And, and the thing about it is this. When you line up with God's word and start living the whole counsel, then.